Vincent and welcome to Stand Tall, my podcast show. I look forward to sharing interviews and talks with and about people that create change, make an incredible difference and walk their talk. Everyone has their story, so stay with me as I peel back the layers of excellence in all walks of life. Welcome to Stand Tall. I'm Andy Dickinson and... You know, there are many weird and wonderful people training in martial arts. My next guest is no exception. A third degree black belt in jiu-jitsu and is what I would call an intensely quirky genius. That has a great skill of being able to analyse and break down just about anything to its base components and rebuild a, a better, far more efficient model. Highly entertaining as an adults and kids trainer. Able to lift unnatural weights of kettlebells and master of the Bulgarian bag and is working on a cancer treatment that will revolutionise how cancer is treated. Great to have you, Rick Paulin. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me. Let's get straight into it, mate. Your job, position and part you play in this exciting development of cancer treatment. My job, yeah. I mean, it's very unique in that um, probably we need to take a step back. The normal type of chemotherapy that everybody is familiar with is that they, you know, you've got a cancer, um, so you see the doctor, they will give you a dose of chemotherapy and that's a toxin that runs around your system and hopefully it'll kill the cancer before it kills you because cancers grow at a rate that's different from the rest of the human body. When not doing that, what, um, what my, my boss designed was a, a piece of genius where he takes the, the, the chemo drug, puts it in a, what's called a nanocell, um, then targets that nanocell to the cancer so that you know micro microscopic doses of it actually get targeted to the cancer cell and it's my job to actually purify that cancer cell that not the cancer cell the um the nanocell That's so this is this is something that you've been working on for quite some time quite some time since 2001 yeah and is it getting closer to fruition we've got 16 trials running uh two in the united states at the present Okay, and um, they're all showing great promises. We're the only people in the world to put mesothelioma, which is asbestos cancer, into remission. So okay. it's, it's quite accessible. So if, if people want to learn more about the trials... Yeah, you'd have to contact us, uh, contact on the website at Ingenic. We've the got Ingenic a system website. set up, yeah. Mm. So it's, it's common knowledge that this, this is out there and it's, it's working towards revolutionising the treatment. It does, yeah. I mean, as all things in the pharmaceutical industry, you must, it must be tested ad infinitum, it must be tested comprehensively. And um, on average, a, any cure or any drug that you care to take will actually take 15 to 20 years to get on the market. And that's, uh, we're around about on that target. Fantastic. Mm. So you have an interesting philosophy that whether it's science, sport or martial arts, you apply the same formula. Can you explain a little bit more on that, please? Find the limits and wind them back. Find the limits and wind them back. One of the um, curious things is when my wife went uh, overseas to Brazil to actually train in a tournament, I, um, I was a swimmer at this point. And I couldn't do any swimming because I had to stay home and look after Joel, my son. Right? And... Um, because I didn't have anything, I had to do some fitness, you know, at home on the you know, on the kitchen rug or, or something. So I couldn't I couldn't go out and do anything. So um, I started grabbing a few of her uh, her training books, her wrestling books. Okay, and I actually came across Matt Fury, and that led to the Mighty Atom. 
And the Mighty Atoms philosophy, Joe Greenstein, the Mighty Atom, is the world's strongest man. He, um, he's famous for stopping a plane from taking off by tying it to his hair. <laughs> you know? okay. But his philosophy, I, read his, I got his biography and I read that and I found that there was his philosophy, find out what the natural limits to strength are and then wind them back. You know, and strength is very much the integration of the mind and the body. It's not just having big muscles that look good on the cover of a magazine. You know, and if you integrate your mind and your body, then you can do just about anything. And this I've applied to martial arts, this I've applied to my science, and, and uh, basically in every area of my life. So you, you're lifting unnatural amounts of kettlebells. You, you know, <laughs> Not unnatural <laughs> amounts. I've, I've actually gotten to... Your, for, your, for your size. <laughs> um, I've gotten to 32 kilos. I can now quite comfortably snatch a 32 kilo kettlebell. Um, Bigger than that, and I think that's for freaks and mutants. You know, and I'm not a freak or a mutant, but um, certainly kettlebells is like a, is a journey like any other journey. And I've actually looked at it and said to myself, "Well, how far will this take me?" It's open ended, and that's one thing that I've picked up from the martial arts as well. I'm not, you know, at my age, I'm not actually going to set the world on fire with my martial arts, but I'll give myself a damn good kick up the backside. And that's what's been fun about the martial arts journey, as much, just as much. So the martial arts journey. How do you first get into that? I know Mela and Joel were into it from the beginning. Was it well, something... I mean, it takes off from Joe Greenstein and, and the Mighty Atom. What happened was that uh, he actually studied jiu-jitsu and it made him, uh, made him strong. So I wanted to actually tap into that philosophy. So that's why I, um, I read that book and then a short while later I actually enrolled as a white belt. That's when I got laughed at. <laughs> How many years ago? What, 11 years ago now. It goes quickly. Let's just so go back. Please explain to the listeners what a Bulgarian bag is. A Bulgarian bag. In um, Bulgarian gold medalist Ivan Ivanov, John Johnson in our parlance, <laughs> he, um, he, was a, he became a wrestling coach for his, in his native Bulgaria. And he actually found that... Um, that Strong men in his native Bulgaria, um, the, the ones that were the strongest were the shepherds because they constantly had to actually carry their animals over their shoulders. And, um, you know, and in strongman competitions in Bulgaria where live animals were used, they would win. So what he decided to do is design a, uh, something that was like an animal, only you, you didn't have to wrestle your own ovine and put it over your shoulders. All right, so that's what a Bulgarian bag is. But um, what's different from, what's very good about a Bulgarian bag is that when you swing it, it works on your grip strength because it's trying to get away from you and you have to hang on to it. Otherwise, you know, I train on my back veranda and it'll go through a window without problems. <laughs> yeah. And um, there's actually quite a funny story about that because um, Mayline, my wife, introduced me to them. And at that stage, I, was, I had a 24 kilo kettlebell and that was my favorite. And, and she said, kettlebell, uh, Bulgarian bags come in 11, 17, and 22 kilos. I said, get a 22 kilo one. That's, that'll be fine. I said, are you sure? She said, and I said, yeah, look, I mean, I handle a 24 kilo kettlebell. How hard can it be? And then, <laughs> then this thing came. It was, it's, it's, it's the size of a cow. It's just enormous. It's an enormous <laughs> black thing, okay? And, um, yeah, the, 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 it's shaped in a crescent and... The, the, the arms of it are you know, thicker than my legs and I couldn't get anything, I couldn't get my arms around it. So I, 
my eyes could lift it, but my um, my body definitely couldn't. Right? So it was it was pretty funny. So I had to actually go down a couple of sizes and work up to it. So yeah. which weight are you using now? Which weight? Um, I mainly use a seventeen kilo, um, and every now and then I put the twenty two kilo over my shoulders and do lunges or squats or tuck jumps or something with it. You know, give me a bit of a boot. So what does yeah. what does a typical day look like for you, Rick? A typical day. Okay, so a typical day is um, I'll wake up early-ish, uh, go and take my various supplements, okay, then go back to bed for 15 minutes, then wake up. Um, it's still fairly, um, you know, it's still fairly early in the morning. I'll go on my back veranda, have a stretch. Um, when you say supplements, is there anything in particular that you take? Well, being, being um, scientific, I've learned over the years to, like, you know, hack my body a little bit, you know, like, so... If my circulation is going down, then I need to, some amino acids, and I've actually worked out over time which ones those are. I take a bit of, um, I take some um, uh, some tribulus, which I think is in the modern days with with a lot of soy being in your diet and a lot of um, in the plastics industry and all else. There's a lot of female hormones in your, in in the environment that we actually ingest passively, so you would need to counter that. And so that's one of the reasons why I take Tribulus. And it's actually worked very, very well for me. I've, um, I've had all sorts of issues with my hands and my arms, and they've gone away. So That is in a powder form or a liquid form? Well, does it, tribulus is in a tablet. All the amino acids are in uh, powder form, powder and I mix form. them up, yeah. yeah. So you take your amino acids, then you, yeah. you, get, you go onto the veranda and you stretch. I have a, have a stretch. Basically, it's a martial arts stretch. Um, after that, well, I'll actually get into dynamic Dynamic stretches, which have actually taken a, long, a while to actually learn, and we must, must touch on that later. Have a stretch, throw a Bulgarian bag around or a kettlebells, or I've now got a, a pull-up bar. Um, that's just my most recent um, uh, addition because, see, chimpanzees, the average chimpanzee has the strength of five men. Okay, and what do chimpanzees do? Well, they don't throw kettlebells or anything. What they do is they, well, they will grapple each other. You know, chimpanzees are brutal animals, right? But they'll, um, they'll swing from trees constantly. You know, so what you want is a basic um, tree in your backyard that you can actually swing yourself from. So that's what I've got. And then you obviously have some breakfast. Oh, yeah. Breakfast, um, breakfast, I, I'm very... These days I have a very um, a European sort of breakfast because uh, it consists of boiled eggs, prosciutto, ham, that black German bread that you have, you know, um, tomato juice, bit of yogurt. Then off, it's off to work. Um, on on most days I ride a bicycle to work because it's not very far, and my area has a lot of traffic in it, so I, this is the best way for me to get to work. Um, and you know, work will consist of various things. If I have to um, grow organisms, I have to prepare my fermenters and grow them. I mean, my work does contain a, while I'm a scientist, my work does contain a, a physical component to it. You know, there's gas bottles and there's stainless steel and there's, mm. you know, and there's, you know, you know, one glass fermenter vessel or load cell will cost anywhere between ten and $250,000. You know, you, when you grip this, you, don't, you want to make sure that you've actually gripped it properly. Mm. No, so, so it's quite physical your work. It is, yeah, there is, and there is a because of that, there is a convergence between um, in everything that I do. So the science 
converges with the martial arts and the martial arts converges with science. I mean, how do we grip an opponent and make sure they don't get away from us when we need to? I mean, you know, the same principles apply. So you apply the principles of martial arts in a physical in a in a physical way to your day. What yeah. about in, in other areas of your life? Have you managed to include the martial arts into other areas? And what have you noticed? In recent years, I've actually gotten more. Um, you know, my mind has actually gotten you know more sharper and more discerning about to me the things that matter. You know. Um, to a certain extent, we, we, we live in a in a um, in an age of contradictions. You know, um, we all want to be married, but we all want to be free. We all want to be paid a lot, but we don't want to work hard. <laughs> we, um, you know, we um, you know this, now when you look at this the, the political sense, we want to be multicultural, but we want to you know we want to make sure that our little corner of culture is 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 preserved. These things become unsustainable contradictions in the way that we live. So you're saying you become more tolerant of that? That's um, that way of thinking? Or? I've never been intolerant. I mean, this is an important thing that um, I've never, like, one of the, one of the, um, St. Paul in the, uh, in the New Testament, for example, he actually talks about our fight is against principalities and powers. It's not against people. Our fight's not against flesh and blood. You know, I think it's Ephesians 6 in the New Testament. And I think that what he touches on here is that if you have to actually be, you know, if you have to actually fight something, then fight an attitude or fight a philosophy, but never a person. Mm. So that, that goes we always in, make that distinction. That goes hand in hand with your martial arts mm. teachings and training that, you know, you at all, at all times choose peace. Yeah. Yeah. Make every effort to live at peace with people. You know, um, my own... Um, yeah, in my own workplace. I mean, um, I uh, work with an Iranian guy who's a, who's a Muslim, and is a Persian, uh, and um, and uh, you know, very frequently he says, "Don't do anything without me." And I said, "Of course, I won't do anything without you, Arash." I mean, yeah, you're, I'm the eggs, and you're the ham. And he says, "Why do you say that? I'm a Muslim that I do it deliberately to stir him up." <laughs> Let's just be sure here now. Just mention that, that Rick has nothing against Muslims. No, absolutely not. Islam, yes. I, I think that Islam. I've you know I've read the first chapter, nine chapters of the Quran, and I've read some of the hadiths as well. And um, you know, I find it uh, very. Um, I you know, I found that very interesting. Okay, but uh, I definitely wouldn't recommend that kind of lifestyle to everyone. No. Mm. 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 What drives you? Curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. Now, if you go back to my philosophy about, um, uh, if you go back to my philosophy about, um, you know, finding the natural limits and winding them back. Okay. You always end up beyond some sort of a frontier. Is it a physical frontier? Is it a scientific frontier? Is it a spiritual frontier? Well, what's that next step? What's beyond that? Mm. And um, what what are your um, what is what is your what are your plans for the future and what does success mean to you? My plans for the future. Well, you know, within my lifetime, I, what I would like to see is um, I'd like to see cancer go from a fatal illness to merely a chronic one. I mean, if, um, you know, I think if my company can actually get a product on the market and we can, um, we can have a, a, a chemotherapy without any side effects, then um, 
cancer need not be the death sentence that it is, and it need not be the um, you know the horrible destroying chemotherapy regimen that it is. It might be simply a case of you every month going to your doctor and getting a an injection. Mm. Okay, that's entirely a livable thing. Personally, you know, um, my son, um, he's in his twenties now, and uh, he's engaged to a a, um, a very nice Slovakian girl. I'm going to meet her in December. I'm going there. Um, I'm going there in uh, well next week, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to him having a family of his own. Just simple pleasures. It is, yeah. The simple pleasures ultimately are what bind us together. I mean, uh, one of the other things that I've, I've really persisted with martial arts, and I went through this a, a while ago, and um, I think you'll bear witness to it, Andy, was that um, I asked myself several years ago now, what is it that makes us happy? You know, um, you very frequently you hear the stories of people that win the lottery and their lives are absolutely miserable, you know, so they, they don't have to work anymore, but their lives are absolutely miserable. Mm, they lose their meaning. They lose their meaning. What, um, what does that, what's actually good is actually having a life that is actually meaningful, and it's the things that we do for each other, the social contacts that we have. That's why your, um, your martial arts teaching has been such an impactful part of your life. It has, years. because it's something, when, if you can actually do something for others, I think that's, it, it's actually immensely rewarding. Um, Especially something like martial arts, which yeah. increases people's confidence and self-esteem and well-being. It does, yeah. And you know, when, when um, you know, when I do a grading, and uh, I get actually, I get kids to actually be able to, you know, do a roundhouse kick by actually turning on their foot, but by you know, by squashing the bug and turning their bodies. Okay, it gives me a great deal of satisfaction that that gross motor skill is now in place. I've seen the way that you teach the children, and we'll mm. touch on that tomorrow when we um, get together. Sure, yeah. But it's the way that you you get their attention, and the way that the, the enjoyment they have when you're teaching them is something which is just <laughs> profound. Yeah, well, kids, um, kids learn by playing. Okay, and uh, they're a little bit different to adults. Okay. Um, yeah, adults want you to be serious because they, they, you know, they're, they're discerning. I've never actually come across anybody in, um, you know, one of the things about martial arts classes is that if you don't know your stuff, if you're actually pointed out and you're, 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 you're trying to fluff it, you will be exposed. So I don't try and teach the high end of martial arts because I don't know it that well. Um, what I do to actually teach is very good fundamentals. That's and, right. The yeah. Fundamentals are everything. And fundamentals, okay, when the pressure is suddenly upon you, okay, that is when those fundamentals will count. Absolutely. And one of the best fundamentals you can have is a cool head. You know, that saves you untold grief and trouble. A calm reaction. Calm reaction, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is a great, also a great skill for the kids. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks, Rick. You've been a wonderful uh, guest today. Your insights to, to your world have been fascinating. Thank you very much for sharing this time with me, and I'm sure that people really enjoy your podcast. Yes, it's my pleasure too, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. No worries.